Hey everybody, welcome back to Down for the Count. I am one third of your co-host Tiffany, and on behalf of Alexis Cole and our new member Janae, welcome back to our show. So I guess I'm one fourth of your favorite podcast. So anyway, we have a lot to discuss and a lot to get to, but first I'd like to apologize for being very late on the last few weeks of our podcast. It is all on me. Um, I had tonsillitis and a couple of family things to take care of, and unfortunately this took a back seat. So I have to apologize to you, our audience, for that. Number two, we have added Janae to the podcast. She's going to be helping us and coming into the podcast on occasion or all the time, depending on her schedule. And she's going to be our fourth unofficial official member of the podcast. And we're very happy to have her because she helps with everything that we're doing in terms of information and workload. So congratulations to Janae, because it is a privilege to be a part of Down for the Count, honey. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm very happy to have her, and so are Alexis and Nicole. We work tirelessly on this podcast, and we love this podcast. It's a labor of love, and we really want it to be something that people can actually enjoy listening to, whether you agree with our sentiments or disagree. We want to make sure that we have as much information as possible to be able to give you guys our true opinion of what's going on in our little community. Also, this episode is very special because it was talking about the Sonya Deville stalker situation, and we had to give our take also on other wrestlers who've had similar situations like that. It's a very dangerous world out here. And that was a very, very scary situation for Sonya. So I'm happy that Sonya is okay. It was also scary for Mandy and I'm happy for them. And we also gave you guys some tips on how you can kind of protect yourself online, as well as when you're surfing, you're purchasing things, all that kind of stuff. So Hope you guys listen to this episode of Down for the Count because it's very important, especially for those of you who may be considering to being wrestlers or you're already an indie wrestler and you need some extra protection. This will be the episode for you to listen to, and I hope you guys enjoy. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Down for the Count, and I will see you guys in there. I started watching it after I started posting the clips on TikTok for the coven. And I just was like, oh, I have to see this. And I started watching it. I was up all night watching that shit. Did we have to do a- up all night because you couldn't sleep. Oh, shut up. You're always messing with me. Shut up. One of y'all need to do a duet with me on TikTok for with Coven uh, Coven audio when one of them's Marie Laveau. I think that would be fucking awesome. You will look better, Tiff. So you should do it. Yeah, I, nom- I nominate Tiff. Plus, you, you already on TikTok. I wouldn't look good enough for all that. So. Oh, it's lying. First of all, that's that's a lie. <laughs> I, got a, I got a big forehead, so I can't. Bitch, so. I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a big ass forehead. I'm still on TikTok. Like, I don't care. I am going to do, um, because I'm so upset that I'm going to have to bring makeup on this boat trip. But while I'm doing my makeup, because I'm going to do like euphoria, I'm going to do like a euphoria inspired like makeup look. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if we're going to be extra, I might as well just, you know, 
Go yeah, I just might as well be extra. So I was gonna do, I was gonna do my makeup and um, duet yours with a pro or duet that promo you did. Oh, Brad, yeah. So um, and I was like, why don't we just start this trend, like, like wrestling wrestling girls on TikTok, like doing their makeup to a promo. Fuck yeah. I, I filmed <laughs> from uh, what was it, WrestleMania 20 when they went to Hollywood. And it was Stone Cold when he was doing Gladiator. It's like I am the whooper of I uh I am the kicker of the scrawny sons of bitches ass or something like that. I'm like, ooh, I want to do this. <laughs> it's like a Valkyrie inspired makeup by it. I think that would look awesome. Yeah, and I was like, I will have this really cute backdrop because I'll be on a houseboat, and <laughs> that's what we said. We're like, we're gonna. As we're gonna be obnoxious, as we're gonna take as many pictures and stuff as we can. It's like we paid to fucking be on here, and we're like, I'm gonna get like my friend Alexa said. She's like, I'm trying to take enough pictures so I can have pictures of me looking good for at least a year, <laughs> so I don't have to take any more pictures okay. for social media. Live your best life. That sounds like an awesome idea, actually. It does. Yeah. I think that's what we're all trying to do. Oh, so. I found out something something cool this weekend. What? So my, my mom and dad came over yesterday. We had a little bit of a get-together for my birthday, just family. And um, my dad told me, because he used to tell me he would go, you know, I told y'all, he, my parents used to go to the armory and see wrestling on, like, Tuesdays, or it was, like, Wednesday nights and Saturdays in Tampa. Yeah. Where they saw, like, Dusty Rhodes and everything. My dad starts telling me that he saw Boris Malenko in person, Dean Malenko's father. Oh, shit. And he's just like, we saw him, and, like, there was a matchup. I never thought I wanted to see this. It was Boris Malenko versus Dusty Rhodes. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And, like, him, like here's something cool I didn't know about, because him and my mom didn't know each other at the time. Apparently, they went to the same nights to see wrestling when they were kids. Aww, like, oh, that's, that's cute. That's cute. Like, they, I'm like, my, I told Mom, I said, Mom, you could have been sitting right across from Dad and not even known him. And it's kind of funny because that kind of happened to me and Daryl. Um, we didn't, we were out, we weren't, we had lost contact. And um, I went to see... Hannibal Park and Havery, and I lived in St. Pete. And of course you did. I walk out, and there's an ambulance. And when you see an ambulance at a heavy metal show, you know some shit went down. So I'm like, oh, I hope whoever's in that ambulance is okay. Daryl was inside the ambulance. His blood sugar had dropped. Oh, shit. I'm like, okay, that's really weird that you and mom did that, and then me and Daryl kind of did something like that. That's really fucking weird. But, I um, think it's cute. But my dad I told think it's me, cute, too, and I don't think anything's cute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom, how'd you meet dad? Well, oh, honey, it started at a heavy metal concert in St. Pete, your daddy's Right. <laughs> right. Lord knows if I ever have kids, what the hell I'm going to tell my kid. But um, oh, he was my dad was probably gonna be I don't know at a wrestling show or I don't know. I'm struck. That's your father. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
was telling me that like my grandma used to heckle the shit out of Boris Malenko. Like he was telling me like if they were heels back in the day, no one liked the heels. There was like no in between fans. You all hated the heels and cheered for the faces. He told me he saw Eddie Graham and he saw Bray Wyatt's grandpa. What? That's there, crazy. Yeah, one of the Wyndhams. He's like, I'm like, Dad, that that's Bray Wyatt's grandpa. He goes, for real? I said, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Why didn't you ever tell me this when I was younger? I would have paid attention to you more. Oh, damn. That's messed up. <laughs> but here's, About here's, the Wintundas is that, yes, they're this very, like, they're act like Generations wrestling family, but, like, none of them are, like, None of them really stars until like the kids, until like the third generation, if you really look at it. Unlike parts where, no offense to Natty, it's the opposite. Like yeah. everyone was a pretty much a star. And then, like, you know, who like the heart, like people who were in the Heart Foundation now, but they weren't, you know, they're not like how Brett and Owen and even anvil was i just think i just find that very ironic well here's another thing i thought about that well here's something cool else that my dad told me about um the armories on saturday after they had wrestling shows they had like wrestling boot camps for the kid for kids there well not kids but yeah like up, up to a certain age and my dad told me that him and my uncle we're actually training with wrestlers after the shows on Saturday. Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, and he told me Boris Malenko was one of the guys doing the training. I'm like, Dad, how come you never told me this before? Like, <laughs> no, I was been like, Dad, he's fucking up. Like <laughs> <laughs> him and my uncle, um. My uncle, the one who who's no longer with us, but they would go there and they had like wrestling classes. And my dad's like, yeah, I saw NWA like the first like the first real NWA in like the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, dude. And he was telling me like all these wrestlers that he's seen and him and my mom and my mom was a huge Dusty Rhodes fan. And uh you know, my brother used to tell my mom, he goes, Mom, that's your boyfriend, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, ew. <laughs> yeah, that's how my mom and my grandma was, more so my grandma was with the, um, with the Von Erics. Oh, she true. loved, she loved the Von Erics, and she was, she loved fucking Bruce Springsteen. Really? Springsteen? Yes. My grandma loved Bruce Springsteen. I don't, I still don't know to this day. I need to ask my mom. I'm actually going to go home for a couple of days soon-ish. I think next week. Yes, next week I'm going to go home for a couple of days. But anyways, um, but yeah. yeah my mom does too, but a lot of the people that my mom likes are dead. So, I mean, that makes sense. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> we got to get started. They can't help it. God bless their souls. my mom said the same thing about the von erics like she told me like when the von erics would come out oh my god the girls were screaming and carrying on like she had never seen that before and i go okay well i'm like you know the 
last remaining Von Eric brother, his sons are wrestling. She goes, really? I said, oh, yeah. She goes, let me see him. So I, you know, showed it and she looked at him. She goes, if I was 30 years younger and 100 pounds lighter, Heather. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm 100 pounds lighter. Wow. Wow. <laughs> she, she just said that, like, all the, she remembers um, being at a show. And she can't remember which Von Eric brother was, but he came out and like every single dude hated him because their wives, their girlfriends, their sisters, moms, they were all screaming for the Von Erics and forgot like the other man existed for a while. <laughs> Damn. Oh my God. Where do they, where's this match? I'm trying to find um that custody for dominic match because they said the story of dominic or Rey mysterio i'm like where's the where's the fucking match at i don't know wasn't it like SummerSlam match Is that... it... I yes know. i found it see what they did was was hang dominic from a pole and have a dominic on a pole match and then winner just cut what? No, the way this was it was cut it was like because everyone was like, it's going to be a custody match between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Because Eddie was like, I'm your poppy. That's where the shirt came from. Yeah. And so people were like, so what is he going to do? Is he, because I'm thinking, they're going to hang this little boy no. on exchange over the ring. <laughs> but what it was, was basically a ladder match for custody papers. Yeah, it was the papers. <laughs> the papers were inside that case. And they had to fight for the for the paper. This shit is fucking wild. It's so funny. It was such this a good This is crazy. Story. This it makes me Dominic make really when I was really looking at Dominic and when they're like, okay, he's having on his first matches at SummerSlam. Oh his my first, god. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's a street fight match. I hope he yes. wins. That's his he ha- first he has to win. You know, like it's so wild when I go back That's and some see- weird universe shit. This yeah. Is- creepy but like you go back and you see Dominic when he was a little boy and he's like oh look how cute you have no idea what's going on but okay and then you see him now and you're just like wow puberty hit you hard <laughs> none of those kendo sticks oh. too soon too soon yeah he looks he Damn. looks more grown than his dad <laughs> so why he Tip, is that your house phone again Ah, leave my house phone alone. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff, I'm going to need you to get with the times. I'm going to need you First to get of with all, the times. I'm going to need for all three of y'all to get off my ass. It's not my phone. It's my parents' phone. All right? Now leave me you alone. You answer it, though. I didn't answer. Am I not supposed to answer the phone when it rings? Man. What do Dude, that's probably one of my favorite episodes to listen back to because we were just like, Ugh, until Tish's house phone rang and then me and the call just laughed at her for like 15 minutes straight. I hate them both. <laughs> Any hoopsies. <laughs> we have to get started. Alexis has to go to work in the morning and I don't want her to be tired and late. Yeah. You got a working lady. <laughs> I really, I really like it. I mean, as I've only had one day, but get this, I haven't even worked for them a full week yet. I got a birthday card in the mail yesterday, and it didn't have like an, it was just like had my name, address, and everything. Like, what the fuck's this? So I open it, and it's from the um, Knoxville Cancer 
uh, specialist, and they sent me a birthday card. I haven't even been working there for a week yet. Oh, that's oh. I was like, holy shit. Wow, you guys. I'm like, please don't start having me like you guys, because I know I'm only temporary. Well, so, you might get hired full time. You never know. You know what? Honestly, like, they were real cool about it, because I'll, I'll make it quick, but they're like, because I'm not outside, but I'm like, when the first set of doors open, I'm sitting right there. And the lady was like, real cool. She's like, you know, since you're technically not in the building, you can have your phone out. You can have like YouTube playing. You can play on it. If you want to bring books, you can read your books. Uh, you can have water sitting out here. If you want to bring snacks and hide them in the cart, you're more than welcome to. And I'm, I was like, shit. And then she goes, did you bring anything for lunch? I said, no, I was going to, I was going to swing up and, and find somewhere. She's like, oh, don't worry. We have lunch delivered every day. Well, that's where nice. do you work at? Give me a job. Yeah, I want one. I can do it. Yeah. I can do it too. I move. <laughs> People are really cool, and I was just like, "Wow, I'm not." But I'm like, I'm not gonna get used to this because for all I know is like, after Christmas, because all my money, all, like all this money is like, it's going to pay some bills that pop up unexpectedly, and money back for the holidays in case shit goes it's not up. Bad on days. All right. So I'm happy you're very happy at your job. I really am. I think that's going to help cheer you up a bit. So I'm happy for you. And I hope it, it stays great for you. And we're going we're gonna to get started because if we don't, we'll be talking forever. And we'll look up at the 12 o'clock and we won't even record it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it happens often. So we have to start with SummerSlam predictions. We're going to talk about Beth Phoenix and her interview with Corey Graves. Um, we're going to talk about the trademark. I did not listen to it at all, so you guys have to fill me in because I don't, I don't, I choose not to listen to Corey's I, podcast if I can help it. I, I listened to it, to it, I read it. And I, I took notes it. because that's the only way I can retain information. Look at well, you. She's doing, she's, doing, she's doing more work than we actually do. That's incredible. <laughs> I actually, I <laughs> I read it because I, I can't listen to Corey. So I read what, what what was said and I read part of it. But Janae could take lead on that one since she has the notes. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the trademarks that were filed. And then we're going to move into the bread and butter of the podcast, which is the Psycho Fans. Um, so we're going to roll out. Which one of you guys want to do the intro? I'll do the intro. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, Janae, are you ready? Yes. All right. Um, best thing I would recommend, put your uh, notifications that, on. Um, silent your phone. Give me, phone. Give me that phone and turn the ring. Talk and turn the ringer off. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me grab my other phone real quick because that is not on silent. Okay. Yeah, hold on. Let me put my house phone on silent. <laughs> so people stop coming at my neck. I'm not coming at your neck. We're just, you know, politely teasing you. Lies. It's all <laughs> lies. Believe it. <laughs> Why won't it? <sighs> okay. <laughs> all right. Nicole, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Why do I sound like I'm doing a DX road call? Tiff, you, you said. <laughs> yes, I'm good. Let's roll. All right, three, two, one. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Down for the Count, the most opinionated podcast on the internet, if you don't like it too bad. As always, I am one third of your host, Alexis, and with me as always is Tiff and Paul. Ladies, say hi. Hello. We have a special guest joining us tonight, very good friend of ours, Janae. She actually does wrestling research than anybody on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. How's it going? All right. So we're going to change the show aspect up a little bit here tonight. Um, We're going to talk about SummerSlam. We're going to give our SummerSlam predictions. We're going to talk about the interview that Beth Phoenix did with Corey Graves about why she left the WWE back in 2012. And we got a whole bunch of other things rolled in for the show tonight. So into the news, and then we're going to get to our um, main topic for today. All right. So Beth Phoenix had a conversation with Corey Graves on his podcast, um, and she was talking about his um, career, I mean, her career, and she also talked about why she left WWE. So... Because Janae is our guest, and she actually took notes. She's a better, <laughs> she's a better podcaster than we are. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna let her take the lead on this one, cause I got, I got something that I gotta take care of right quick. So if you don't hear me, it's cause I stepped out for a minute. But Janae, go ahead. Floor is all yours, uh, baby. Yeah. So I listened to the podcast and I took notes. I mean, I didn't take notes of everything. I took notes of things that were really interesting. Um, I think Beth Phoenix is a phenomenal person. Um, I wasn't watching that whole Divas area. Again, that was the time I stopped watching. So listening to her podcast and hearing a lot of the things uh, brought uh, brought, uh, brought me more information that I, I didn't know about and that um, one of the things I didn't know about that she was trained by Eugene and so were a lot of other wrestlers um, in Toronto. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because I remember a little bit of Eugene. I don't distinctly remember watching a lot of his stuff. Um, so all I know of Eugene is the character that he played um, on TV. And I didn't know that he was actually training a lot of the wrestlers that, you know, were on TV back then in, in the day. Um, so another thing that I didn't uh, realize was that her, Gail Kim, um, and I believe another wrestler, I think her name was Tracy. Um, they all had tried out, I believe it was either for OVW or something of some sort. And they signed Gail Kim and told the girl, Tracy, I believe her name was, that they were going to keep an eye on her and basically told Beth Phoenix that, that she wasn't the type of female wrestler that they were looking for. Which I thought that was really interesting because she was talking about how she would be in the ring um wrestling guys because at the time there were there weren't a lot of women that were wrestling at the training site that she was at um so i thought that was really really interesting um one of the cool things that i also found out was that the way she got her name glamazon was from a sex in the city tv show that they said it um definitely in a different way if anyone has seen sex in the city they they definitely mentioned the glamazon totally different and that she was like, oh, that's a good name. So she that's what she ran with it. And she actually put it on the back of her wrestling attire. Um, and that they, the WWE or OVW, were like, no, we're not, we're not going with the Glamazon. I actually told her to take it 
um, off off of her attire because that's not what they wanted for her. Um, uh, Lex, did you did, Lex? Did you say you you listened to the podcast? Um, I listened to some of it because I can only take Corey Graves' voice for so long. <laughs> um, but I will say from what I the bits and pieces that I listened to it, um, Beth is that bitch. She will yes. continue to be that bitch, and she will always be that bitch. Like when they said that, oh, you know, you're not gonna make it. I'm like, you're you told Beth Phoenix. Beth fucking Phoenix, she would never make it. Yeah, they basically said that she was not what they were looking for. And I was just, in my mind, I was like, how? She could wrestle. She's very beautiful. And it's just like, how can you not see Beth Phoenix as a viable wrestler at the time? And then I, I thought about it and I was just like, well, at the time, you know, they were doing bikini stuff and either putting or mud matches and pillow fights in the ring. And it's just like, it's just kind of, um, right. But I, yeah, I do remember, uh, she did have a conversation, I believe with Molly Holly and one other person. So she did end up going to OVW, I think where she said she worked there for like two years without a contract, just like wrestling the talent, um, and everything else. And what ended up getting her signed no, I was, know. I, don't, I don't know where they are. The the up, um, hang on, hang on, Janae. Tiff, come here. Tiff, put your mic, your phone on mute. Okay. Dry his gummies are in the bag. You clean that water up. Yeah, there's there's towels the down there. They were just talking over you, Janae. Just hold hold on a sec. Yeah. Tiff. Yeah. Mute. Tiffany. Mute. Mute your phone. <laughs> I call the house phone. <laughs> go in your bag boy. and go get your gummies. Go. Uh, I think she needed it. Okay. Um, okay. continue. Sorry about that. I just yeah. I wasn't sure you were you weren't being over talked by the background. No, no. Totally cool. Thank you. I was going to say one of the interesting things that I, for myself, I uh, found out that how she got signed was um, she did a promo. I believe his name was was Damien Sand, not Damien Sandow. It was some guy named Damien way back then. She did a promo with um, her and another girl where one girl was the angel and another girl was the devil. And they dressed up in like lingerie and was like very sexy and then that's when the wwe signed her because they felt like she could play a different character and i was like it sucks to me though because it's like she had to dress up in lingerie and play the sexy female for the wwe to actually take notice to her so i thought that was i thought that was kind of weird but I'm, i'm happy that um that she got signed and she was saying that once, you know, she got there, they they were like, we're going to call you the Glamazon. And it was just like, that's what I wanted to call myself. Um, they said that basically she was the female Umaga. Um, I'm not, I haven't seen Umaga. Oh. So I wasn't, I'm not quite sure. I've seen pictures of him, but I've never seen wrestle. So I'm not quite sure like what, uh, what um, that means. I mean, oh, that- it's not bad, but it's not good at the same time. Yeah. 
Um, so then she started saying that when she got, uh, that she would do like house shows on the weekends with, uh, Candace Michelle, who I believe was the divas champ at the time. Um, and when they were at the house show, it was, I believe William Regal and one other person was just like, Hey, just go out and do your thing. And she was saying how they would do that. She would do maybe one weekend and then turn to every weekend. And then finally, like, they brought her onto TV just based off of, like, the chemistry that her and Candace Michelle had. And Candace, she was saying Candace Michelle was very open because she really wanted to show that, you know, she can take hits, she can take a bump, and she can do other. Again, I've never seen Candace Michelle wrestle because I wasn't watching at that time. So I don't know um, what kind of matches that they had. But she was saying Candice Michelle was very open um, to a lot of ideas that Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix had because um, she really um, wanted to learn. Um, another thing I found out that I didn't know that she was in the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, yeah. I did not. I didn't know that, which is really cool. Um, she eliminated. What's the fuck is his name? Um, uh, great great colleague. Oh, that's awesome. I did not. I did not know that at all. Um, so towards the end of the interview, she um, they Graves asked her a question about I think she stopped wrestling in 2012 and what made her um, think about stuff after wrestling. And she just kind of went into like there was a period over the year that she lost both grandparents um, and an uncle uh, who had uh, passed away of cancer. Um, and at that time, she was dating Edge and Edge had, you know, recently retired because of his neck injury. And they both realized, like, this is a good time. Um, to start a family. Um, and she said that telling Vince McMahon that, you know, she was going to be done with wrestling was probably one of the hardest things that she that she had to do. So uh, Graves was asking her basically like, you know, when wrestlers are gone for a really long time for not wrestling, you know, they get that itch to, you know, want to come back um, and wrestle. And he was asking her if she ever has that that itch to come back um, and wrestle. Um, and she says he does. But the only way that she would come back would be to help build other talent. Like she's not looking to basically come back and get titles and have this like start and run, but she wants to come back and put other people over and bring, um, you know, the, the spotlight to some of the other talents from um, NXT. And she went on to talk about being a commentator on NXT and how she started off, uh, I believe on the mixed match challenge and how, she felt like when she first started, she couldn't even listen to herself. She thought, you know, that she was horrible. But, you know, overall with practice and everything that she became the NXT um, comment commentator that you see today um, and that she really enjoys it because she gets to, you know, see a lot of the wrestlers back there and talk to them. And she enjoys it, um, especially when she hears people like Rhea Ripley, Ember Moon, and Charlotte say like they want to face her, you know, in a match of some sort, which, you know, I thought um, was really awesome. Um, she's been wrestling for 12 years professionally and on the indie scene traveling. So, you know, she is enjoying, you know, being a commentator and um, just still be able to be around wrestling. But, you know, every once in a while she wouldn't mind getting back in the ring. But, you know, only if it's, you know, going to help her opponent and put them over um in the ring and stuff so all in all it was a good I think it was like a 50 minute interview I'm definitely missing a lot of a lot of stuff um just because sometimes when Corey was talking I started to drone out um <laughs> but 
overall, it was it was a really good interview, and I didn't know a lot about Beth Phoenix besides um, the Divas of Doom with um, Natty and Talia. Um, so just like hearing her talk and getting her insights about, you know, women's wrestling and how she feels about the evolution of women's wrestling and how she knows that even though she didn't take a huge, huge part into it, she knows that some of the stuff that she did helped with, you know, the evolution of women being taken more seriously and not going out there when bra and panties and smacking each other over the head with pillows, basically. Mm-hmm. So. So basically, yeah, the interview was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I would have enjoyed it more if it was somebody else interviewing her. But I'm looking forward to um, any other interview she does because, again, it gave me really great insight on the Divas, area that, Divas era that I definitely missed out on. That's cool. I I actually watched wrestling during that time. So I was very aware of Fresh Phoenix, and I always thought that she was a very integral part in the women's division. She was different and she didn't look like the models like they were trying to portray. And I I love that about her and Natalia. They had a, a uniqueness to them. So I love Beth. And I was I was sad that she had lost so much in such a short span of time. And I was like, that's gotta be difficult for you to have to deal with that. And then you're still on the road, you're still working. They're still going doing shows. It's that's 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 rough. Yeah, like one of the cool things too was a story where she was in the ring with just dudes and she was wrestling and the dudes were tagging each other in and out, but she still stayed in and she wrestled for over an hour to where she was saying like, I felt like I was gonna puke and the guy that was doing the training asked her if she wanted to give up and she said no, she didn't um, because. Again, she, you know, she tried for the WWE. They signed Gail Kim, told another girl to watch her and said, you're not what we're looking for, Beth. And she was just determined. And Molly Holly was just like, just keep trying. She was determined. And finally, you know, she got in and she was different from the rest of the, the other females there. Like she she could wrestle with the best of them. And she wasn't trying to, like, put herself up next against, you know, China or anything like that. But she was like, you didn't you didn't see that at that point in time. And she was saying, she was giving kudos to Trish Stratus because she was saying um, Trish Stratus came in and she was learning wrestling on the fly. And, you know, she was at the very top of her game. And she was saying that like, a lot of the females back then, like they, they weren't, they were very envious of Trish because of how hard she worked and how she learned and how great Trish has came out then. And so now she's just like, whenever she, she wants to help other female wrestlers and help put them over. So, if she does get back in the ring, it's definitely going to be to build the next stars that you see on TV. Well, that would be cool. Yeah, I All think right. so, too. All righty, then. Anything else you guys want to add about Beth? Um, Not really. Make sure you make sure you put Beth Phoenix's put respect on Beth Phoenix's name. Always yeah, put and respect forever. On name. Respect. <laughs> I and we've made we've talked about it before here that you know when a woman when a woman steps back like when she wants to have a family or start a family you know she that's that it's not like walking away from like a normal nine to five job this is like crazy and the fact that her and edge were ready to try to have kids and she gave i don't want to say she gave up her dream she just kind of put that on the back burner for a little bit but her daughters are growing up with such a strong role model 
and you know she's not going to let them quit if some little shit comes up. She's going to be like, nope, get up and try it again. True. Yes. Yeah, she was saying that um, she was like, the women that are wrestling now and the things that are doing, she was like, me, even in my heyday, she was like, I wouldn't be able to pull off any of the gymnastic stuff um, that they're doing now. And she's like, I just, she said she just loves the fact that you get to see, you know, where it started and how they're ending up now with the women's uh, evolution and how far it's come. And I was like, me too. Because the last time I saw, last when I stopped watching wrestling, like, women were, you know, pillow fighting, bikini, hair pulling, ripping pants down. And then when I finally got back into wrestling, I think early, like very early 2019, I was like, whoa, they're actually wrestling and giving them time. That's crazy. Wild. Crazy, man. Crazy. All right, then. We're going to try to move on and make this go as quickly as possible. So WWE has been filing a slew of trademarks. From NXT, All of the fucking trademarks. From NXT to NXT UK to the main roster, it's just been constant. There's about four different reports talking about them filing these trademarks. So according to Heal by Nature, they say that the company filed trademarks for the following names for use in entertainment purposes, specifically performances by a professional wrestler. So it's Sam Stoker, Louis Holly, Santos Escobar, Joe Coffey, and Mark Coffey. These are NXT and majority of the NXT UK people. So this stuff is for performance, for their um, for their merch, everything. They also filed a bunch of um, trademarks last month. For Retribution, Carrying Cross, Casey Canzaro, The Hurt Business, Just Us, Raw Underground, Mustache Mountain, Jake Atlas, Andy Hartwell, James Drake, Pete Dunn, Jordan Devlin, Dexter Loomis, Gallus, Indus Shear, Legato, Del Fantaza, um, Grizzle Young Veterans, Imperium, Pretty Deadly, The Hunt, Zach Gibson, Rinku, and Sarav, I think I say their name. It, it's just, it's a massive amount of um, trademarks. And then they have one that they filed just recently for Saturday night's main event. And this particular trademark, Saturday night main event came on between 1985 and 1992. And then the show was revived for five episodes in the mid 2000s on August 11th they filed four trademarks for this particular title and it's for the following uses for ringtones graphics music wireless devices refrigerator magnets I thought that was so weird <laughs> refrigerator <laughs> magnets it says refrigerator magnets video and computer game tapes I don't know why it says tape <laughs> Video and computer game discs, video and computer game. I mean, they covered the board with this. So wow. they've got it for cassettes, for discs, for cartridges, CD-ROMs, video output game machines for use with television, video game and computer software, cinematography, cinematographic, 
um, in television films, motion picture films, in the nature of sports, recorded, pre-recorded phonograph records. What, what year are we in again? I, That's what I was I, about to I say. Like, are, we, are we doing the floppy disk shit again? Because we're just... Well, we're just I sorry to interrupt you really quick, Tiff, but that sounds like a complete catalog registering. Yeah, it is. They, they so filed they it. Are, so they are not only filing for, like, the future, but they're filing for whatever back catalog that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, they're housing everything. And they have someone at the Smithsonian who's working there, but they don't have a museum. And we talked about this last week, but I know they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They, yeah, they I've always... been about this since I think we started the podcast, actually. Yeah. I said there's no reason why WWE doesn't have a fucking museum. It makes no sense. They covered everything. Paper cake decorations, notepads everything anything they can put this on to sell and market they got a trademark for it so sorry i'm, I'm just having a, a nerdgasm over here of the fact of a wwe museum <laughs> it would be awesome i you would want to work money there they could make off of that it's so dope though and they could make Half it, so of it that... would be mine yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be there opening day and they and sorry I won't move on from this they should do that and then you know how they have that room in Titan Towers where they have all of that merch where they have all yeah. t-shirts and, and sell old like backlog shirts that they won't that they won't put on the website because there's only like 2, 3, 4, 10, 20 of them yeah that's a lot of that can be a lot of money and they can even back in the day there's like wrestlers that are still alive back then you can like have them come in for meet and greets past future wrestlers like the museum is a great idea that's such an easy grab especially if i think obviously like them i don't think we're gonna have live live events for like a, a while True. and this is after we get audience members back and i think that this would be a great way to make up that money. Hell, that probably eclipsed a lot of that money, to be completely honest. I'm yeah. just Hey, Triple H, Stephanie, Ben, put that shit here in Tennessee. You can put it in Gatlinburg, or you can put it in Pigeon Forge, two of the biggest tourist traps in this state. And I will gladly work for you, but I'm going to need health insurance. So can I at least have that? Yeah, you'll get health insurance because you're not a wrestler. Oh, she said it, not me. But listen, I don't even, you got to think about it. I'm putting my job resume out here. You guys don't even have to teach me about half your history. I already know it. To me, this kind of sounds like, oh, go ahead. No, just a wrestling historian. That's me. I can talk about anything. I can be a museum guide and I could be over here we have WrestleMania 3 where Andre the Giant was uh body slammed by Hulk Hogan one of the most iconic moments of WrestleMania history over here is the boots Andre the Giant wore when he got body slammed it's like I, I seriously I can do it I don't even need to read shit I just know well, it's already they have a guy who works, who used to work for the Smithsonian, 
who catalogs everything, who has been cataloging everything. So it's like, like, what are y'all doing? I think they're planning something big. Jeez, I was thinking, listening to all those, um, listening to all those names, I feel like some of them are probably, I mean, I could be wrong, some of them seem like maybe the, I don't want to say the patent, but the, when you, like, is it what, register? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you do that for names, it's for a certain amount of time, it's not permanent, and once that it's close to that time, you need to, like, re-register that, that name again, so it stays up under your, your corporation. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some of them may be just like, oh, they're getting close to being, you know, the time for anything else. They need to be re-registered. One of my questions is, if you're an indie wrestler, um, they can still take your name. Because I know Indy Hartwell, wasn't she wrestling as Indy Hartwell before she got into the WWE? Um, yeah. Um, so the thing is, so so basically what people's names you can keep them. You can keep your um, indie name, but WWE will get creative control over it. Per mm-hmm. se, that you are not the one that's registering the trademark. The company is. So, say things don't work out, you get like if you get released, I think you get it back. Obviously, I'm pretty sure you give it back. Get it back, um, especially if it's not necessarily your real name. So some wrestlers don't wrestle with their real names at all whatsoever, even on the indies. Um, If you are wrestling with your real name, like someone like a Tyler Bate or actually Pete Dunn's, I think his last name was Thomas. Yeah, so weird. Um, Someone else. Pete, so um, Tyler Bate and we'll do... um, Trent Seven, I don't think his last name is Seven. So I'll use um, Tyler Bate, for example. So since that is his actual name, WWE owns, but say things don't work out or whatever, he automatically gets all of the rights that back because that's his legal name. Okay. And they can't do anything about it. But people, but if you go to people like, say, like, Sashi Blackheart, Going in and out. So Jake Atlas, Jake Atlas, the same thing. Like they, we're losing in the call. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, like you'll lose the creative control for that period of time, and you might, and, and depending on what you signed or what you negotiated. Um, you might have to fight for it when you leave, if you end up leaving the company, or it just kind of depends on what's in your contract. Um, I think a lot of the people now are a lot smarter than they were, like, say, like a Billy Gunn. Yeah. It's, like, about his name or trying to use his name. So I think a lot of these newer people are smarter about, okay, what is going to get used, or like, just in case they leave or what release or whatever what happens to the name that they've had. Some people have their stuff trademarked before they come into WWE. So yeah. WWE can't take control of that. Um, and it's just good business. Um, the best advice anybody could tell you is to own your shit. Is that literal meaning? 
is to own your name and own your brand. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want WWE to still continue to sell merch after you leave or re-release things or put it on sale because they're just going to make money off of you and you'll get the cut, but you'll be they'll be making a lot of money off of you. Yeah. So you need to own your name. I would trademark any name that I've ever wrestled um, under while on the indies or um, in WWE or any company for that matter, AEW, MLW, NWA Power, because it's just good business. That means that you can go anywhere and do anything because it's your name. You own it. If WWE wants to utilize your name to sell merchandise, they have to negotiate with you. Yeah. Um, and so that's I know why Andrade so- and Charlotte, they did a bunch of trademarking a while ago. Yeah, because there's, I, that, I said a lot of this generation is a lot smarter than the previous generation for many, many reasons. This is one of them. Um, so they, but also in they didn't trademark their WWE names. Okay. They traded outside WWE names, which I think is smart. So say, so say they happen to leave or whatnot, or something happens they already have that situated like ftr were already trade trademarked their names that they're using now while they were still technically still with wwe they were already started to trademark stuff and you would see that and i that's smart that's i that was smart what was the Um, name that um because they did an interview and basically wwe said we'll cut your contracts early if um, you give us, I forgot, was it the revival? Like they had to give up a name that they trademarked or something in order to get they released early. They had to give up the revival. The revival. They had to give up the revival, yeah. They had to give up the name revival, mm-hmm. which I mean, it kind of makes sense because like that came, that came together in NXT. But at the same, and I, and obviously, and I think they probably were like, okay, they're probably going to go to AEW. I'm not going to let you take that to AW and like that get money, even if I'm not going to use it. That's just a business thing. Right. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it's also, it's just like what you negotiate, like what's in your contract with your name. Um, So that's why I says a lot of these people, especially um, how the indies have been the past 10 plus years, it's been easier to make a living off of the indies and make a name for yourself and market yourself and do all these things. So it's not like it was whatever. So years ago, like you can really like make a living just being on indies and being very popular on doing that. Like you have people, well, he signed now, but you have people like Eddie Kingston and like shit like that. Um, so at the same time, yeah, it's just kind of like what, what you negotiate, like you just have to be smart about it. Um, if I was me, I'd be like, you can use it. Um, probably for the people like the names like like jake atlas like i said he used that before that's probably like a joint trademark okay so Where he, he been? that's probably like a joint, that's like a joint trademark i believe he was on main event recently i think a lot of them are they just do they just have them doing whatever but yeah i think yeah it just also depends on your contract um what's it's if it's your actual name that you're using that's when it's really tricky so like um they can't I don't trademark know. your name. You can they cannot legally trademark your name. So that's why they so say what I saw use 
I don't, we don't know if she's going to use, so use Simone Johnson, for example. Yeah. WWE not trademark Simone Johnson, probably for various other reasons. Her name is probably already trademarked, to be honest. Yeah, because her parents smarter than It probably is, honestly. I, I'm going to look at it. I feel like it's trademarked. But, yeah, it's just it's just a lot into it. Um, I don't know. Thanks for watching that clip. Hey, what's wrong? Where's the TV remote? Okay. All right, so there's a couple more things we're going to talk about before we get to the main event, and I promise you it'll be quick and to the point. So this story popped up on my um, in my stories, and I yeah. so last week Velveteen debuted as the third um, in that triple threat match to go to the, for the North American Championship. For that um, ladder match at TakeOver 30. Now, he's kind of got a double-edged sword here. Velveteen has problems backstage for his behavior, as well as outside of WWE with his regards to young boys and allegedly contacting them and grooming them to possibly do something that is completely disturbing and absolutely disgusting. All right? Now, we've covered Velveteen in this podcast before because his name came up during the Speaking Out movement. Now it's coming up again because, number one, the problem is backstage, the uh, superstars did not know Velveteen was going to be in this match until minutes before he was announced, okay? That's when they found out. They feel like, and I quote, according to... Fightful Select, via feel by nature, okay? NXT talent were made aware of his return minutes before he performed. Dream has been seen to subject, has been subject to significant heat backstage for behavior issues, which may get others fired. Some believe Velveteen Dream is getting preferential treatment. It also has been said, well, yeah, there has been... Long been significant heat on Velveteen Dream for behavioral issues and what is perceived as preferential treatment in multiple situations that would have gotten almost anyone else fired. This was the case with his return. In regards to his accuser, I won't say his name because he's a, he's a underage and I'm just, I'm not about that life, okay? Um... One of Velveteen's accusers spoke out and he said, um, I guess someone asked him how he was doing, having watched NXT and saw Dream on there. He said he's doing okay. He's just really mad that it's just the shit's just being tolerated and not trying and trying to be swept under the rug like it never happened. The only things really pissed me off from social media are the people claiming that it was clearly investigated when there's no proof or statement that ever was the case. Myself and anyone else involved weren't contacted by anybody of my knowledge. Also, anyone claiming I'm coming forward about things for clout, I don't understand the logic behind that whatsoever. I have literally no personal gain and everything to lose by speaking up about things. I've been debating releasing this information for months now, but with everyone speaking out, I finally feel comfortable in doing it. Part of me is still terrified for disclosing this, 
Patrick Clark is a groomer and a child predator. I'll post more proof, which is below this tweet. And he did post a, um, he did post this tweet explaining it and he showed um, some tweets between him and Patrick Clark in a missed video chat, a missed audio call. He had a video chat that he sent. Yeah. So um, he continued to post even more stuff where he showed Javel Bateen shows him a picture of his his genitalia. He has a tweet on Twitter where he was he like literally posted in all caps, Josh Fuller called me back on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 not it's not good. And I have to side I WWE with this because this is damning evidence, whether you like it or not, Velveteen is a problem. Now, I am all for a great character, but when you are, when you have behavior that is subjective, number one, and number two, you are disrupting the flow of your backstage area with your attitude and your shitty disposition, then you have to go. It doesn't matter how good you are or how great you could be, your ass is not worth my company. And right now, Patrick Clark is a liability to the WWE. And if they don't do something and get rid of him, then the question is, why did you get rid of Jack Gallagher and Trent Seven and Tyler Bate? And why did you shell Jordan Devlin? All of this shit that has happened over the last couple of months. And Patrick Clark has one of the worst accusations that you can have as someone who's an abuser. I'm not saying one is outweighed over the other, but this is a child. This is a child we're talking about. So if he is suggestive with these kids and grooming them to possibly do anything outside of speaking to them, helping them get to their, where they need to be in terms of wrestling, anything like that, if it's anything sexual that he wants to lead to, this is wrong. It's disrespectful. And WWE, you got to get rid of it. I'm just going to be straight up. I I don't like Velveteen. Um, I was surprised to see that he came back. And honestly, if I was in NXT and I saw him back, like him just showing up, I would have raised some fucking hell. Like, I am not, I'm, I'm just going to be like, no, we just got rid of people who are problematic. This guy is back here after having accusations thrown at him. Like, what's the way I can say this? Because I'm not trying to take away from anything the women who came from the women and men who came forward. But this is a child. Granted, if it was a setup or not, he should have not had even talked to a 14 year old. If if that makes any sense. Like he should okay, I'm not saying that. But if but if these accusations are true, that's why I'm saying allegedly. And I was in the backstage of NXT and I saw him back there, I would have raised fucking hell. I I would have. I would have raised hell and it's something too when it's like when you have people that are in a higher position wrestling wise with Velveteen Dream and you know, reportedly they said something, they still won't get rid of him. And the thing about it is like 
there's nothing spectacular about Velveteen Dream. Wrestling-wise, I'll even go as far as saying character-wise, for where the WWE has to bend their back to make sure that he's taken care of. Like, the car accident that he got in, it wasn't like... It was, a, it was, he ran a red light and he didn't stop and he got a citation, but he doesn't have to appear in court. And it's just like, there is nothing spectacular about this guy that the WWE should be like putting this bubble around him to make sure he's okay. Like if you have a group of wrestlers that are out, that are outspoken about Velveteen Dream, his antics, the, the antic of him bashing someone's window because he was pissed off, like, uh, maybe there's like drug use involved and all these things that are going on backstage. Like, why is he still there? You have no reason, no reason to keep him around. Like, he's not this one, one in a million wrestler where it's like, oh, if we get rid of him, we'll never find anyone like him. You can build someone to have the fan love or whatever that Velatine Dream has. He's not a one in a million. He's not that special to me. No. Um, what did you call him, Nicole? A cheap prince cosplay? Yeah, and this is coming for someone. I really liked Velvet Dream, and it was pissing me off because I was, before he even came back, I would see people like, well, where's Velveteen Dream? I didn't real, so I knew I heard like baseline of the allegations, but I never seen like the full tweets until like that night, like the night that he came back. I just knew that. And then as soon as I heard that, I was like, I- I'm not fucking with you. I don't understand like why people were so like, oh my God, like where is Velveteen? Like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, he's got accused for grooming a child motherfucker like you like someone that bad and this and this is before and I was like we've heard you know there's been instances and stories about Velveteen or I'm I don't I don't respect him so I'm gonna call you by his fucking name Patrick being shitty yeah there's been multiple stories about him being shitty and this is just like the thing with um, Black Wrestling Alliance or him um being unbearable behind the scenes and vice versa like there, it's just a lot of story before even before all of this and then it was making me tough enough yeah honestly a lot of people who was in that tough enough was trash high key anyways but that's Ooh. that's a whole nother story honestly because the only people who are really decent like people who was it like sonya maddie and who else was decent, like a decent human being? I don't know. Those are only two decent human beings that were on that tough enough that I can recall. But everyone oh, else on there was pretty, pretty fucking trash. I think Shotzi might have been on that season briefly. She's obviously good people, but that's besides the point. So I was also, I would get very irritated. It was like quite a few of my mutuals were like, oh, I miss Velveteen. I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like, I there's nothing like, spectacular I like the about him i forgot he I was there i like the gimmick I in a sense him. but started leaning too much i'm like this is literally and it was like they did something i said god damn it Vin- prince is rolling in his fucking grave in those uh-huh. booties in those little in those booty shorts and boots and I'm very, and in case people that know, like, I'm a very, very big Prince fan, in case 
anyone didn't know. So I'm very sensitive about that anyways, regardless. So I'm like, I'm not about to have no fucking child predator use a knockoff off of one of the greats. You fucking kidding me? And then it was just so frustrating. And then I'm like, and then when I saw all the tweets and I was like, what? And I retweet i'm like what is wrong with you people and i was and i'm pissed at wwe i was like you could have anybody yeah anybody yeah and the fact that they had that they didn't want to tell anyone because they knew that those people were going to be pissed yeah. that's what that tells me that's that omission of guilt type of shit and i don't yeah. like that i don't like and that my i don't think it's like again like jna said like why is he so protective they straight up ripped Austin Theory off of fucking TV. And he ain't been back since. And he hasn't been there since. You haven't heard a peep from him. And he's ten times more talented than um, fucking Velveteen or Patrick. Way more fucking talented than him. And they took his ass right off of TV. They sure did. You, you haven't, the only time I realized no, Austin Theory was on TV was gone. last week. But see, here's the thing. Patrick doesn't have just one accuser. He has three. What? Similar he has three. Stories very, very similar. Now, the girl, the guy that's speaking out that I just, I sent y'all the tweet. That kid decided to speak out afterwards because someone reached out to him, and he was just like, this is not okay. I don't understand why they're doing this. But I'm not going to hide anymore. And I'm still scared to say it, to put all this information out there. But I'm going to do it anyway. WWE has, they could literally destroy NXT just by trying to hang on to Patrick Clark. Yeah, fuck and you. Is, you want him that bad? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, y'all don't need him that bad. I, I understand he was a... I understand that he was a project for Sean and Triple H. I think more so Sean. Yeah. Like that was that was like his first like that was like his big project. But nigga, you gotta let it go. He gotta Period. go. Yeah. Like let it's it go. the whole company going under and being accused of, of harboring a child for, for molester. Like, I'm just gonna... The whole company and then you're the people in the back. They don't fuck with him either. Yo, superstars are not happy. I'm just going to say this. You have you have parents who who wrestle in NXT. I'm looking at you, Roderick Strong. Um, I know there's a, a few more of them. If I was, uh, no, they need, this is like when we always talk about locker rooms, the locker room coming together and biting the shit hard, like telling them no. This is what they need to stand up and do. They need to go to Sean. They need to go to Hunter. They need to go to, to whoever back there. And they're like, no, if he's here, we're not coming. But that is that is what's happening. And Good. that's what the problem is. Oh, they're, they're saying they're not showing up. They're mad yeah. because he's there. They don't want him there. And they're pissed. They were like, you didn't even tell us he was coming. So they're not, I don't know if they're going to rally and be like, well, we're not going to come to the show. Honestly, I think they should. But they have, they have voiced their opinion and they have told Hunter and everybody backstage in production, they have said that they are not happy about this. The whole backstage was in an uproar because Velveteen was there. Now, have Roderick Strong whoop his ass for real. 
I, I just, I, they need to just have Finn beat him next week, and then he needs to go immediately. He can fuck back. I know primordial and, and this is obviously with like the thing with him and Leo. I know Finn is not the type of person to really like deal with confrontation and like deal with a lot of this stuff. But Finn, this is the one time where you need to like really like step your cookies up and use your pull and your voice and be like, hey, like, no, the guy's back here. We're not, we're not happy. No. Like, it's, it's, we can't have kid. we can't have kids visit here because he's running around. I'm serious. I would say some shit like that. I really would. I, I would, I'd be, if I was Roderick, I would be like, I don't feel comfortable bringing my fucking son here anymore because of him. I would, I would place, I would do some shit like that. I would, I would be not surprised be if Dream had his own dressing room because they don't want him in the locker room. Well, they did that to Enzo. Probably no. He, he, you know, he changed in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> wow. fucking roll up into a dressing room because I'm gonna tell you, if it's not some fucking parent back there, and I know we keep saying Roderick Strong, but he is the only one that I could think of that has a kid right now. It could be anybody. I like, think a lot of them have kids. We just don't know it. Let uh, Bobby. Put- got kids but they grown they they high key growing because Bobby Fish is old. Um probably would have fought him though. People would have fought him. They need to like, put he really would have he would have just fought him. He would have put they should just put Velveteen like I'm I'm sorry this is gonna sound like a Looney Tune thing. They need to tell Velveteen Dream he needs they need to see him in the office. He walks into the office there's no one there and then the door just slowly closes, and there's Keith Lee, and all you hear is a lock on the door, and you just leave him in that room for five minutes with Keith Lee, and then problem, problem, problem solved. Just, just uh, no. I don't want. Carrie and Cross has has a kid. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that I believe. I'm all. I'm. I'm. I'm I don't want to say a hundred. I'm about. 70 or 80 percent sure that he does if i'm not mistaken i might be lying but i think he does uh pete dunn has a kid and i'm not fighting him pete dunn has a little girl would you really want to piss him off i'm so that's what like, i'm saying that's what i, I was saying. Like i think it. finn needs to if he hasn't i think finn needs to step his cookies up as a veteran and as a locker room leader and go up to fucking um hunter and him be like um, you either he goes or we ain't showing up to work. So pick. Decide. I mean, if Champa, if Champa, if Champa's back there with production or with creative, he need to say something. You got Johnny back there. He's an OG. Y'all need to say something. Y'all need to stick together and clean up your exactly. locker room. Clean up your locker room because Jeanette, this right here, this this definitely. Else. That's my point. Like you got rid of Trent Seven. You got rid of Tyler Bates. You're working on getting rid of Devlin, so you say. And then you got rid of um fucking uh what's his name? They got uh, rid of Lagero. They got rid of what is that one dude saying? They say what? The Janae, really what do you think of all this? What who the Gallagher? They got rid of Gallagher. Yeah, because his was his was bad too. What were you saying? So I, I don't understand hear. why they're keeping him. He wants to know what you think about it. Do he know where Vince 
got the bodies at? Like, what's... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just think if you're willing to get rid of uh, Gallagher, trying to get rid of Devlin and all these other guys for, you know, the things that came out during the, the Speak Out movement, why are you bending over backwards to basically shield Patrick? You shouldn't be shielding him. Like, there is enough evidence to where you need to basically send him on his way, not wish him any future endeavors, nothing. Just send him on his way because obviously you're going to create bigger problems because he hasn't learned. He was making mistakes back then and they gave him a pass and he's continuing to make mistakes and he's getting a pass. So in his mind, he's probably thinking, I can continue to make as many mistakes as I want because someone back there is going to keep me around. And that's what you see is happening, what you see is happening now. The man is continuously making mistakes. And then you have the people in the back, whether it be wrestlers, production, writers, people in suits or whatever, that are having an issue with him being there. And yet you're not doing anything to fix the situation. And to me, if I was a wrestler, that makes me look differently at NXT as a whole, where it's just like this man is doing things that like he would literally fire me over. But yet you're still keeping him here because you think he's this special, special guy and there's nothing special about him. He doesn't have a special moveset. He does the way he talks isn't special. He is a dime of a dozen of a wrestler with Ooh. a very weird character because Let's be real. That one pay-per-view where they had that wannabe Prince looking, talking to him in the mirror. I was offended by that. I was like, Prince is rolling oh, in his grave right now. What talking about? Oh, child. Rolling in his grave. And it's just like, there is nothing that special about him to where you have to be Captain save and keep this kid around. Lord, have mercy. You, you can find another wrestler that can wrestle better than him, that can do way more than him. Like, there's... He's not this great thing. And the fact is, like I said, you have these people back there that are not happy, which I'm pretty sure he has his own locker room to dress in, or you're waiting like a couple of minutes before the match to let them know that, Oh, Velveteen Dream's going to be here. And it's just like, what's more important, keeping 99% of your wrestlers happy or making sure this one dude who seems very problematic and will not learn around because I guarantee you it's going to come back and bite them in the ass because he's not learning. He's still going to continue to do more and more and more fuck-ups. When he bashed that car window out of anger, he should have been gone. When uh, the... Huh? No, go ahead. When the rumors about him having the drug problem, like, y'all should have been like, all right, you need to go get help. We're going to do this. Um, the the When he... The car accident he just recently had a month ago where it come to find out it happened because he ran a red light and didn't stop. He oh. should have been gone then. So it's like he does something new. And and the fact that he's he's doing things backstage to piss off other wrestlers, there are certain things that, you know, you have to stand up and say no more about. And the fact of the matter is they keep letting him slide, mm-hmm. which isn't fair because you have all these other wrestlers. It's like, what does that tell your other wrestlers? Well, you're not that important. Because we'll get rid of you. We'll get rid of you at the drop of the dime. Now, this this guy over here who wants to groom little kids and show off dick pics and and smash windows and run red lights. We're going to keep him around because we think he's something special. And I swear to God, perms went out of style a long time ago. So if he don't do something with his hair, I'm going to shave it myself. My God, my God. All right. I'm done. I'm done ranting. Okay. 
here here's what I'm gonna say, and then we can go to the next topic because we still got a lot to cover. Velveteen Dream is an androgynous character, but he's not the first of his kind. There's a documentary on a character that happened in the UK that a lot of people didn't really care about or know about. God don't give him his flowers. Give him his flowers before he fucking dies. That's fuck true. Sake. That man did everything Everything that Patrick is embodying. He had already done it, and he's lived it twice over. So, no, he is not something new, but he is new to some people. But that is to those who do not do enough research to understand that wrestling is beyond the scope of what we see. And uh, it's more to wrestling than just WWE, AEW, NWA Power, MLW. There's a lot more. Just to piggyback off that, if you want to look for characters that are androgynous, especially, or used, like, and also what I don't like about Velveteen, because I feel like some of his shit is queer baiting, and that's, like, my best, uh, that's my biggest pet peeve. I hate that with TV shows, and I and I don't like it with wrestling. I never have, and I never fucking will. Like watching, like you can watch what Velveteen thinks he's doing with actual gay, with actually people, with actual people in the LGBTQ community who are wrestlers. Like a prime example, like someone who's really great, um, is Effie. Like he, like the way, like he uses, like his, like what I call it, like sexual psychology against like his opponents, um. Envy Young is another person like that. Um, like there's like there's so many people on the Indies who are doing stuff like that and are way better at it. That if you just like oh, broaden your horizon, if that's something like you crave within, like like those two people in general specifically, Effie, because I think he's the king of it. Like Effie comes, Effie res- wrestles in shorts. Bright shorts, whether pink or um, pink or purple, that says "Daddy," and <laughs> the butt, and in fishnets, and like he's literally amazing. Or if you want to watch like a woman sort of do that stuff, Priscilla Kelly is an example, is a great example of that. So that's what I'm saying, like. Velveteen is not doing nothing that people on the indies aren't doing ten times fucking better than him. So again, why why keep him around? Send his ass home. You can create another Velveteen. I mean, you can honestly. I'm just saying, if, like, if it's that serious. I mean, how many stars did they have? Uh, how many what? I mean, look at how many sin cars they have. They had. Well, they did have a lot, but they were able to hide him under a mask. But, I'm just saying, like it's it's not. I miss the one like, Sinkara that used to fight people. That was my favorite Sinkara. I just want, I just first of all, it, it's just good business. You, if you're gonna go at it from a business standpoint, your main goal inside of a corporation is to maintain morale and keep up profits. If your morale is low, your business suffers. If the superstars in the back are in, are not in a good mood when he comes around, they know that he's getting away with pretty much bloody fucking murder. You have a problem on your hands. That means that you are giving a certain superstar preferential treatment while others are being treated as if they're being fair across the board. What's going to happen if you don't get rid of Patrick is you're going to lose some of your biggest stars to AEW. You're going to lose them. They're going to go walk right over to AEW. 
and get their money from them and work their shows and be happy because AEW is going to be itching for somebody like Finn Balor or Imperium or Pete Dunne or if you're talking about like Killian Dane or you're going at Dexter Loomis. Like these guys are the ones holding down your show right now. And if you fuck them over, they're going to walk. You're not going to have anybody in there. So I highly recommend that you get your shit together and dump Patrick's ass where you found him, which is in the gutter, where he belongs. Don't do the gutter like that. Uh, he's in the gutter. I could say six feet, but, you know, <laughs> might live. I'll, I'll he will long. No, he will live long. So he no. won't be six feet. And I don't think being in the grave is justification. I think you should live and walk around with the moniker of being a pedo. That way you can be stoned. Whether it be verbally or physically makes no never mind to me. Uh, but I, I, think you should, I think you should survive. And I think you should suffer just as much as you make these kids suffer. I'm not going to worry about Velveteen being in NXT too long. Because um, you're a pedophile. You deserve to be in prison. Um, if a group of wrestlers won't whoop your ass, um, I know Jin Pop would have no problem. They they hate pedophiles. They hate rapists and they hate, hate pedophiles. That is that's prison prison law, man. Like you can kill a guy, you can rob a guy, whatever. But like you hurt a child or a woman, especially a child. Motherfucker, your days are numbered in that prison. Like, that's why they have to keep, like, people, like, uh, who was it? Scott Peterson, the guy who murdered his wife and unborn child. Mm-hmm. They have to keep him away from Gin Pop because they know he will get killed. And what no one will they let Jeffrey Epstein get killed. One of them killed him. Child, let's move on. But we, um, get trouble. <laughs> Fuck all of them. That's how I feel about that. Fuck that. <laughs> Look, one more thing and we do we get in this song in the bill. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Dave Meltzer had his um podcast, he has a weekly podcast, Wrestling Observer Radio, where he says that piggybacking off of um Jericho having his um podcast, I think it was, he basically was saying if WWE could sign Anybody, AEW could sign anybody from WWE who would he want. And Chris Jericho said that he wants to sign. If they could, he would like to sign Roman Reigns, Will Ospreay, Ricochet, Kota Ibushi, and Don Callis. First of all, they ain't getting Will Ospreay because they just released his girlfriend. And uh, Roman ain't going anywhere, Jericho. So He's loyal to WWE, which Roman which. He knows, but he said if, if it was a wishful thinking type of thing. So this also led to Meltzer's mailbag question, which was um, about who would Jericho like to see in WWE. Then Meltzer piggybacked and said, and I quote, virtually everybody in WWE, including guys who have claimed different at one point or another, have called up people in AEW trying to see what they can get or have had interest going to AEW. He said the only one he knows for sure who hasn't done that is Roman Reigns. I'm going to call bullshit on that just because for the simple fact lately Dave 
Meltzer has been on this weird ass sucking AEW dick run on Twitter. Uh, that's, not, that's not lately. That's been that's been since its inception. Well, true. Yeah. Uh, he's so on, like he's on the roll, so he always him and, and Brian Dick. No, and Brian he's like legit, no, like legitimately I, on their payroll. Yeah, and like literally, with even with off title, even with Brian Alvarez, he was talking about a match about how the commentary was horrible, and the guy he was hosting was like, "There, there was no commentary," which outed him that he actually never watched the match that he was complaining about. Um, so with Dave Meltzer, one of the tweets was like, he said that he made WWE a hundred million in one day. <laughs> then he made another tweet saying that. If you went up to a random person, any random person on the street, and asked them, uh, do you know what AEW is, and compared, and then he compared it to and said, someone will say, yes, they would know what AEW, AEW is, instead of them asking about, like, who is the champion for, uh, who's the universal champion. He said that any random person would know more about AEW than they would WWE. And I'm just like, right. uh I was like, okay, um, that's not true at all. Um, but I believe Braun came out and said uh, something about, like, he's like, I've never called anyone from AEW asking about what I can get. And I do I think some people were inquiring about it? Yeah. But not mm-hmm. to the extent that Dave Meltzer is talking about. He's making it, he was making it seem like everybody and they mama was like calling to see and if they can get everybody but Roman called AEW at some point and requested to know how much they could get if they would leave WWE. And Braun did deny it. There is a report that says Braun Strowman denied ever calling um AEW and he said the only person that he knows for sure who did not call AEW is Roman Reigns because he said Roman Reigns is definitely loyal to WWE. Which that is very true, but true. It, I'm just like, why? <sighs> okay, my issue with Meltzer is that even when he's wrong, people still think he's right. Even when he's proven to be wrong, which is about 70% of the time, almost 80% of the time, he is 100% wrong. He was wrong about the Sasha Banks situation. He was wrong about Roman Reigns faking his um his leukemia he was wrong about dean ambrose and his situation he just he's 100 percent just dead set against wwe and he's always reporting some bullshit and i don't understand why him brian alvarez and those merry bands of douchebags over there get to say and do whatever they want to do and they blow smoke up on AEW's ass 24 7 they don't chastise them, they don't give any constructive criticism, they don't do anything. And they're just like, oh, AEW is just doing what the fans want. Are they? Are they really? Because from what I see, most of the fans are requesting to see the women wrestle. They're tired of seeing the, the Kenny Omegas and the Adam Pages and all of the elite being title contingency or hold titles. They're sick of that. They want I'm to sick see of the, the elite in dark order. I'm I'm sick of that. I'm over it. Oh, don't get me stirred on the elite right now. It's just it's a vicious cycle with Meltzer, and I really, really, really wish he would just he would just learn how to just 
report what he needs to report. Like, Fightful doesn't take any sides. They report the news. No. As, like, Hill by nature, they don't take any sides. They report the news as it is. And that's all I ask. If you're going to be a, a WWE and you are going to be biased, then at least admit your bias. Be like, look, I'm biased towards AEW. I prefer them to WWE. We do it on our podcast all the fucking time. Like, I'm just going to say this about... We, I'm just going to say this about Meltzer and we can move on because I'm going to have to go to bed soon. But this is the guy who was so, so, so convinced Roman was faking having leukemia that he leaked medical records that Naya went after him for. Honestly, I think the family should sue, but if it was an indie darling, no offense, Nicole, but if it was anybody. In the Indies, he would have been the first motherfucker to set up a GoFundMe account. <sighs> Meltzer can suck my dick. Ooh. That's a sound bite for your ass right there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, and I'm going to say this, and we can move on. I don't take any stock in anything that him or Alvarez say because... Um, they don't, they don't use, especially Meltzer when he rates things, he doesn't, they, he doesn't rate them off a, a criteria. He just rates what he feels like it. And he is obviously biased. He's been biased for years. There's no secret that even though he tries to deny it and the young bucks try to deny it and Kenny tries to deny it, he's on their fucking payroll. Ooh. He's been backstage plenty of times. He goes to the show, like, and this is when they were in New Japan. So it's like, like, you're not fucking full of me. He's just full of hot air. And he thinks that he has contacts with WWE. And people do tell him shit. But they a lot of times they just tell him shit just to tell him shit. Um, and for the everyone reaching out, that's such an exaggeration. I can see people reaching out to up their contract, which is smart. Which yeah. I would do. I would just call up and be like, how much would you give me? That, that's fact. I would. I called Tony. How much would you give me if I went over there? Okay. Bye. Click. Hang up. I called Vince. I called Tony Khan. He said he'd give me this money. I think that's what Randy did. Huh? I said, I think that's what Randy did. Randy, yeah, well, that's Randy, what, and Randy that's what 100% did that. I don't yeah. know what in God's green earth that made him think that Randy Orton was going to go to fucking AEW. He did that to up his contract. They're sure stupid did. for that. They're yep. so dumb. I was like, and they're like, they're trying to act salty. So you really think Randy Orton would fucking leave WWE to go to AEW and he would have to work hard? that Sasha signed, I mean, I don't know if she did, but there was room that she signed a new contract right before she came back from her hiatus, which I feel like she was already, yeah, and it was just like, no, you know they not. would take Sasha in a heartbeat. Yeah, they, but she's would, they, would, they would take Sasha, they always say that they would, um, um, specifically Cody and Brandy, that they would, they would like, they would have Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss cannot carry that whole division by herself. She's no. good, but she can't. That, that They need a lot of work. Alexa can't do all the work, and I think that's why they were trying to, like, 
Loki, but Alexa ain't gonna go nowhere either. Mm-mm. And to me, this just kind of proves where it's like, so you had it, so Sasha had a potential of going to AEW, but she resigned when I was like, I don't think Sasha's going anywhere. I don't think she's going anywhere. I could, I couldn't I see her. I couldn't see her. I couldn't see her going because she's done so much. She's been Sasha Banks longer than she's been Mercedes KV by now. So it's it's like it's kind of it's starting from the ground up if she went over again. Like it it'd be too it'd be too much to do character wise. And yes, she's gonna ring, but that's like that's a like what sick whatever years of character that's done. It's like you're just throwing shit away. Like you can't like there's no reason for that. So yeah, I think I honestly, if I was her, I would have called them up and been like, "How much would you give me if I went over there?" And again, I would go to Vince. This is what AEW told me that they would get that they would give me. I think people did that, and I think Chris Jericho is just trying to like embellish it to make it sound better than what it actually was. But I really do think I think people called when they were having the contract negotiations and we're seeing how much that they would get so they can up their contract just because they're calling you ask inquiring doesn't mean that you're gonna go that's just good that's just business practices that's why i was like i that's why i said i was like i can see people calling but he's i he's making it out way more than what it actually was all right now we're gonna move on so alexa can get up in the morning all right, Sonya Deville, this story just broke today, but it does lead us into our main topic for today. So Sonya Deville had a very, very, very scary situation this morning. It would happen this morning at 2.43 in Now, I'm going to read this article, not reading all of it, but just give you guys a high point so you can understand the severity of the situation. The um, assailant's name, or the, um, the assailant's name is Peter A. It's Philip A. Thomas. He was arrested and charged with three felonies, attempted armed kidnapping, armed burglary, and uh, aggravated stalking at a home in Lutz, Florida. Um, it says Thomas is also being charged with misdemeanor criminal mischief, and he's being held without bond. And what happened is at about 2.43 this morning, um, homeowner, the home homeowner went to bed, which is Sonya Deville, and he tried to come in. Now, mind you, he had been there waiting on the patio for about three or four hours for the homeowner to come home. He then waited for her to go to sleep, and then he tried to get in through the sliding door. They heard the alarm. They fled and called 911 in the car. And he was still inside the residence when the officers arrived, and they arrested him on site. They say he had a nice plastic zip ties, duct tape, mace, and quote unquote other personal. Um, he the way he got in was he cut a hole in the patio screen earlier in the night, and like I said, he was there for three or four hours watching and listening to see what was happening inside the home through the windows. They say he planned to take her hostage, and they were able to um, thwart this 
person's attack. Now, prior to this, he had been her Twitter, her online stalker for a while. He would tweet her all times of the night. He um, congratulated her just last week for Friday Night Smackdown promo that she cut. He just congratulated her for that. He was fixated on Sonya Deville. And if this alarm had went off in her house, the conversation would be very different. She was saved by the alarm and God, God's grace, to be honest with you. All right? Now, this also ties into our main conversation about fans in her empowerment and aspect of it that comes into play. Because this is not the only person who has suffered from this type of um, abuse online as well as offline. Alexa Bliss, as we've mentioned before, has been the victim of cyber stalking and she's also been the victim of cyber bullying. And I could, if it got this far with Sonya, it's very possible it could happen to her as well. And that is not something that we want. So we have to bring awareness to these situations. So now that I've told the story, I'm going to let Janae start first since she is the guest on the podcast. Then we'll go to Alexis and then we'll go to Nicole and we'll close out there. Um, so I'm going to say to all the quote unquote fans out there listening, just because you buy their merch, you pay for the meet and greets, you go to their wrestling events, whether it have been a house show or a televised show, you not you are not entitled to anything. They don't have to sign anything. When they're on TV, they are their character. When they are off TV, they are whoever they are on that birth certificate. They are human just like us. You guys need to learn to give these people space. They don't owe you anything. So when I read this article, in my mind, I was just like, there are people out there who truly believe that they are meant to be with this person and it's just like I hope they throw the book out I hope they just give them as much time um, as they can I feel really bad for Sonia and the person that she was with because that's a scary thing like you're thinking you're going you're going to bed just to have a good night's sleep to you know wake up and carry on your day and you get woken up by an alarm because some some crazy person is hiding on your porch to kidnap you um and one of the things that I, I bring up is Sasha Banks had got a lot of flack because there was a video a long time ago where people found out about where she was staying at her, at her hotel, found out what flight she was on, came to the airport at like four o'clock in the morning or would go to her hotel. And this actually applies to a lot of wrestlers, not just Sasha Banks. Um, they would go to their hotels at four and five in the morning um, airports and then ask them to sign a bunch of stuff. Or you'll have fans that'll find out either family members' addresses or their personal address and then send them pictures saying, hey, can you sign it? And then pay for the postage and send it back to me. Like, that's not okay. Like, I'm pretty sure the wrestlers are grateful for everything that, you know, you guys have done for them. But they're human. They're not, you know, this character you see all the time. So for me, it's just like something needs to be done I don't know what can be done um but something needs to be done like I don't even know how they're finding these people's address like that's what gets me like they're finding their address what flights they're on the, the hotel schedule like that's just 
That's great. Like I got into one uh, thing with this one, uh, I'm going to say the name and I'll probably get a bunch of hate notes, Bella fan who was upset because she kept tweeting that she wanted to see baby pictures of their kids. And everyone's just like, they don't owe you that. Like that's none of your business. And then this person was just like, well, I'm going to keep doing it because I want to see the child. And I think as a fan, you know, we, we, we deserve that. And I was just like, some of y'all are wildin'. Like y'all are past stand culture. Y'all are like creepy ass people that really need a reality check. Like really need a reality check. Um, that that um, the situation with banks is very is very much why the conversation needs to be had. She's saying like they're finding out where you're eating dinner at, where you're staying at, in hotels. They find out your airlines and stuff. And the way that they find this information is they dox you online. They um, I was hearing about um, when people are playing online like for video games. And I know it sounds weird, but go with me because it'll make sense in the, in the end. I have a nephew. He's about he's about 13. And he was telling me, he says, well, Auntie, I usually I used to play online, but I stopped. And I was like, well, why? And he says, well, when you lose, when you beat somebody online, they sometimes they get mad and they'll they'll find your information and put your information out there and they'll dock you. I'm like, what? How the fuck they find you online like that? Like these little motherfucking snot nose ass kids and grown men are doxing little kids because they getting beat on 2K or Mortal Kombat? Are y'all serious? He mm-hmm. said, yeah, auntie. He said, yeah. They they find your um they find your IP address and then they just pay to have your IP address um looked up to see where it's at. I said, oh, okay. I see what's going on here. I'm like, all right. This, I'm like, this is how you feel worth it. There's a little little tidbit, all right? When you're online and you're, you're on your phone, tablet, wherever you are, first of all, you need to have a VPN. Yep, now, I got what's one. A v, what's a VPN? A VPN reroutes everything that you put out it's like um it's it's like a, a routing system for you if you if it says that your home base is cleveland ohio your vpn will reroute you somewhere else new york chicago you can make it look like you live in istanbul if you want to and like my vpn also, says i'm in scotland so exactly now one thing you do fuck up is <laughs> sometimes it mess up stuff that you're trying to watch or stuff you're trying to see but when you want to watch certain things, you can turn it off. But when you are online, like on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, to protect yourself, use a VPN. They're very cheap. You can pay it by the month or by the year. All of the YouTubers have um, codes where you can try to use these VPNs for three months. But it's very helpful, number one, in stopping these um, in places like Facebook and Instagram from collecting data on you. Google does it. They all do it. They have files. It all backs up all our data. That's why when you go on Google and you type in, um, I don't know, skull boots, you go on Instagram and all of a sudden these skull advertisers show up or you go on your Amazon and you look at Amazon's front page and all the shit you've been talking about while your Alexa's been in your house for the last couple of weeks pops up mysteriously on your page. Mm-hmm. So to stop all of that from happening, you need to invest in a VPN. 
that'll help, first of all, stop people from figuring out where you live at and where you are. You also need to stop geotagging your pictures to your actual home address. You can geotag your picture anywhere, okay? You can do it anywhere. If you want to make it look like you're in Dubai, tag it for Dubai. But stop tagging it for your home address. That's how people can figure out what city you're in, what state you're in, and where you are. Okay. Yep. Oh, I did not know. I did not know any of that stuff. I really need to because, like, I've had my stuff hacked into quite a few times. Like most recent was my Amazon. Mhm. That's probably something that. And another thing you got to look out for too is when the stimulus checks hit. Don't use Cash App. Don't use Venmo. Don't use nothing that you can transfer money through that is a third party outside of your bank because those places got hacked when the stimulus checks got sent out. Cause I was a victim of it. Cause they stole like $750 from me and my husband and we had just got the damn stimulus. Through Venmo, they took it. That was weird. So I got mine and I went straight into my um, banking account. But then someone used money out of my account. Oh, hell no. Yeah, so if you ain't got a good fraud department with your bank, you need to invest in maybe finding a better bank that has a very good fraud department. But as far as being online and stuff in the web without nobody, you know, tracking your cookies and all that shit, because if you notice, when you go to website, they always make you accept the cookies so you can tra- they can track you. That is to collect data on how you're shopping. So you're online, you're shopping, you're shopping. You notice when you leave there, those ads pop up on your Instagram or on your Facebook or it, everything starts to pop up on pages where you're going, whether it be wrestling pages. The ads are structured to where you just shopped at. You feel what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you have to, so to protect yourself, Use the VPNs. There's countless VPNs on the Apple Store and on Android's marketplace. There are good ones. There are really great ones. If you want to try it out for a couple months, go on to YouTube and look up people like Alex Myers, um, David Seymour. They have the um, those channels are like cooking channels and like bigger YouTuber channels where they review like movies and stuff. But they have those VPN codes where you can just go online and utilize their code for three months and you can use it for free. Until you, unless if you like it, then you can pay like $9.99 a month for the basic VPN, or you can go above that and go $20 a month. It's totally up for you. Or you can use ABG. ABG has a VPN built into their um, antivirus app for the Android. So you can use their VPN. All you gotta do is switch it on, and it comes free with the subscription that you pay for a month, me for year, for the year. You don't have to worry about it. But that's how you protect yourself from getting docked. And that's how you protect yourself when you're surfing online. Yep. So, Alexis, if, if Janae is finished, it's yes. on you, baby girl. What do you think about this? Because I know this was something that you really want to talk about. So, the floor is yours. Um, I am just really, it, I am scared for these wrestlers. Um, that's what it just comes down to. I mean, we've talked about 
Alyssa's issues, we've talked about those guys who just rolled up to Arn Anderson's house and woke him up. And honestly, Arn, I wouldn't have shot their asses at this point. Um, you've heard the story of uh, Mox when he was wrestling for WWE, where someone at an airport called his friends who worked at another airport to tell him he was arriving. Um, I've shared stories from living in Tampa where, you know, you go to the grocery store and boom, you can run into a, you can run into a wrestler and people lose their shit. And I'm just like, oh, they're just whatever. Like I told you guys the story of when I saw Scotty Too Hottie and Rainforest Cafe in Orlando. My one friend's like, I'm going to go over and talk to him. And I'm like, sit your ass down. This motherfucker don't owe you anything. He's with his kid. He's off the clock. Sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up, and eat your overpriced cheeseburger. Like, it, <laughs> it, it pisses me off. And then it's like, they, it's, it's like when these, when it's, it's anybody who I idolize, so I guess you can say they're entertainers. Like, when that TV goes off, like, I don't care. I don't even follow all the wrestlers that I like. I don't even follow all of them on social media. And it's like, it's just weird because it's like, I just want to kind of, I, I personally need to disconnect too. But these men and women don't owe us a goddamn thing. They don't. Like, and they, and I just saw something that, um, those wrestling girls just tweeted where everyone was coming for Sasha after the situation with the airport where she was telling people, no, she didn't want to sign autographs. They're like, you, all of y'all who came for Sasha Banks after that need to apologize to her right now. I agree. 100%. You know, this how, Cause this is how y'all were acting. Uh, it's just scary, man. Cause like, how can I say this without going all off? Because I don't want to get I don't want to get too angry. Because you go in with a level head. Um, they don't. They don't. I mean, I've said it. They don't owe a shit. They go out on TV. They perform on Raw. They perform on SmackDown. You know, Impact, MLW, AEW, whatever. You know, they go out there. They put their bodies on the line. They entertain us. And at the end of the day, it's like okay cool like I'm not gonna sit here because when I was a kid I was like oh I wonder what Jeff Hardy's doing right now because I was in love with the guy but now that I'm 35 it's like okay cool I met Jeff Hardy I had my fangirl moment I met one of my favorite wrestlers of all time cool and it's not like I'm showing up to Jeff's house in like the middle of the fucking day with his wife and daughter there, not showing up at Matt's house with, you know, Rebby and his sons there. Uh, it's just like, what source of entitlement do you people think you have on these wrestlers? It's like what I told you guys about Sammy Guevara. Um, Janae, I don't know if you heard this, but Sammy Guevara had a, has a vlog that he does on YouTube, and he was coming off a flight to Alabama. And there's these two grown-ass men sitting there waiting for him. And they were with their mom. And the oh, mom's God. like, we've been... And, you know, Sammy's tired. I'm, and I'm not defending Sammy Guevara. I'm just saying what happened on the vlog. He's tired. He wrestled the show. 
He didn't even have time to like rest up. He wrestled the show, changed at the show, caught the caught the plane, and then he was he was trying to get some sleep on the plane, which is never a fun thing to try to do. And he comes out, and the guys are like, "Yes, Sammy!" And that, he's like, "How long have you guys been here?" Because you could tell he's just fucking over it. And the mom goes, "We've been waiting for you all day." And I'm like. You could kind of see the look on his face. It's like, you're grown-ass men waiting to see a wrestler in an airport in Alabama. Like, this is the highlight of your life right now. Mm. (laughs) And that's really fucking sad. Um, You know, and I said this last week with that Reddit, the, the forum on Reddit that has been deleted about people trying to find the rehab that Jimmy Havoc's at, wanting to jump him. Um, all these people who spend so much time hating these wrestlers. Like, I don't like Bailey, but you don't see me going on her Twitter saying, like, kill yourself, you suck, like, all this shit. I'm just like, if if you don't like them, why are you saying you're going to show up to, to their house? Like, why are you going to, like, are you trying to scare them? Because honestly, are these the people who you want to piss off? Like you want to, I've seen people saying like Braun, Str- like Braun Strowman, like one guy on Twitter was like, huh, huh, I, I dox Braun Strowman. And some dude's like, yeah, show up to Braun Strowman's house, man. We'll see you in traction or we'll all come to your, your funeral. One of the two. Um, you have heard, like, I've heard so many, it, it blows my mind. Um, I have heard stories of psychotic fangirls trying to dox John and Renee to find their address. Um, Doxing's a big thing in the wrestling world. People trying to find wrestlers' addresses. We hear stories about Jordan Grace, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, they Jordan Grace has a P.O. box where rest, like fans can send her fan mail and art and whatever. And somebody found her grandmother's address, and they started sending her stuff there. And they put the grandmother's address out on the internet. Oh yeah, that was um, it wasn't Jordan. It was it was this dude. What is his well, name? It was a, it, was, it was Jordan it, it Grace, was and then Nicole said his name last time. Yeah, it was Ethan Page. Yeah, Ethan Page. It's and it's just like you hear, you just see like these fans. I don't know what you're. I don't. This is just a shout out to your these these so called fans. Um, you can eat shit because you are the reason that fans who are respectful to the wrestlers, even if we don't like the character or we don't like the storyline or we sit up here and bitch about them, you are the reason why fans who actually show respect get treated like shit. It's because of you. When I went to see Fozzie, I didn't even like when I still like Jericho. I didn't want to talk about wrestling with him. I wanted to say, hey, man, good show. Been a fan of yours for years. Can you sign my Fozzie album? Because that would mean the world to me. There's a whole backstory to it, but I'll save that for another day. <laughs> and um, there were guys, grown men. There was a 45-year-old grown man who had three backpacks full of Chris Jericho action figures. And the whole time I'm sitting there, and I hate to admit this, I, I just think of the CM Punk like promo where he goes, you know, you guys hate me and you want my, inter- you guys hate me and you'll, you'll boo me and you'll, you'll come at me on social media, but you'll get 
my autograph and then sell it for an hour later on eBay to pay your rent. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I will ever give Bill some credit. <laughs> and I mean, this is nothing new. You have seen fans, like I've read stories where fans try to attack The Undertaker, which, <laughs> good luck. Um, wow. People used to j- try to, it was like apparently people used to try to jump Mick Foley, which, again, <laughs> good luck. Uh, yeah. You see fans attacking wrestlers now. You see fans where they have tried to attack Roman. They, you see fans where it was like this one, I think it was a house show, I'm not sure, but a fan came at Ambrose with a fucking switchblade he got through security and tried to stab him with it. There was also a fan who threw a, uh, their homemade money in the bank briefcase, I think at Roman, too. So, but y'all are the same people, and I hate to quote CM Punk again, y'all are the same people who will line up for their autographs, get it, and then sell it on eBay because you need rent this month because you refuse to get a real job. Oops. Like, I'm the kind of person, if I was out in somewhere and let's say I saw Sasha and Bailey hanging out at the same restaurant I was out, I'd probably text you guys in the group chat and be like, y'all, Sasha and Bailey's here. And that'd be it. I wouldn't even go up to them because, like, like, they they have, they want their time off and they don't need a bunch of people in their face. Can you sign my napkin? I'd have been like, no, right. fuck off. I'm trying yeah. to eat my nachos. <laughs> like, that's the thing. My, my dad... When he worked at Cadillac, he sold an Escalade to Big Show. Now, Big Show's not, you know, he's not a, he's a hard guy to try to fit in normally. He's a, my dad said he's a fucking beast in real life. He's huge. Um, he sold him an Escalade, and he told me that when he, when I, he called me, and he's like, hey, guess who's here? I'm like, Santa Claus. Because, <laughs> again, I was like the smart-ass <laughs> teenager. And he goes, no, it's the big show. And I'm like, oh, Brad, that's cool. What's he doing? And he's like, oh, he's buying, a, he's buying a Cadillac. I'm like, oh, that's fucking rad. Can he fit in it? No, we're going to have to have it customized. Oh, that's even cooler. Like, you know, just the fact that big show was there was like, okay, cool. Um, I mean, I, I, that's when I, I would just be like, oh, Brad, it's the fucking big show. Oh, my God, he can kill me. I'm not going to fuck with him. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I was at the Rainforest Cafe in Orlando. I don't know if it's open or closed anymore. It was in downtown Disney. And I was with some friends and we walked. The hostess was seating us. I didn't even notice it. And my friend starts freaking out. She goes, oh, my God, it's Scotty Too Hotty. I'm like, oh, cool. Whatever. I need a drink. I've been dealing with your dumb ass all day. I need some liquor. <laughs> and, uh. She 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 keeps going and going and going on the fact that it's Scotty Too Hotty. I'm like, dude, he is with a child, which I did not know was his son at the time. He was a very cute little kid, and he was with a friend. And I was like, dude, he's with this kid. He's with this family. He is not in Scotty Too Hotty mode. He is like Dad Too Hotty. Leave him the fuck alone. And she just kept going off and off and off. And finally, like, out of nowhere, I don't know why the fuck she did this. She jumped up out of her seat and she goes, I'm going to go and slams her hand on the table. She goes, I'm going to go say hi to him. I grab her 
by the back of her shirt and I pull her down to the point where her head almost makes contact with the table. And I said, leave the man alone. And I guess Scotty heard that because I walked past his table to go to the bathroom. And when I came back, he looked at me and he said, thank you. Nice. And I said, no problem. I said, no problem, Scotty. And ate her food. We got up. Scotty was thus there. I just turned around and waved at him. He waved back. And that was my interaction with Scotty Pilati. And, you know, that's all you have to do. You could just look at him and be like, because, like, at the end of the day, my mom said this. My mom never gets celebrity, like, shocked by celebrities. She always told me this. At the end of the day, they all eat shit and piss just like us. The only reason, the only difference is they're getting paid a lot of money. And when these stands just just cross the line, because I know we throw stand, 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 we throw that out. But, like, wrestling fans, y'all act like this is something new. We've seen this shit. I've seen this shit back when I started watching wrestling. When the Attitude era, era hit, when it was, like, after the Attitude Era, the shit never changes. And I just think it's very scary that you're willing, you're, you become so obsessed. Because I was thinking about this when, when Janae was actually the one who sent the story to us. That if it wasn't Sonia, what if it was, like, someone renting the house from her, someone house-sitting for her, like, Nicole said it. What if it was like an Airbnb? What it like? Because it's they said in the article it was Sonia's house, but they did not say it was her. They said he was obsessed with her. Y'all find their fucking addresses, and then you pull up to your their house, and you're expecting them to be cool with it. Like the video with Arn, you walk up to fucking Arn Anderson's house, and you sh- you hold out an action figure. You are a grown ass man doing this. At goddamn 8 o'clock in the morning when you should just be letting him sleep on a Saturday, you're lucky You're lucky Arn was nice because if that was me, I would have called the cops or I would have shot your ass. I agree. Pure and simple. Like, I'd be like, hey, I don't know what happened. I'd be like, hey, they came at me. Like, just, you know, like, they sh- I'd just be like, look, officer, they showed up. This is private property. I don't know them. And I shot them. Like, that's all you got to say. But, I mean, it's like you hear stories of people trying to, like, find their addresses, trying to dox them. They get, people get mad. And I know it sounds like I'm rambling, but I'm getting to a point. People get mad when they constantly at them at social media and they don't get a response. I've done that to a few wrestlers. I've done it to Michael Nakazawa. I've done it to Cole Cabana. um, He who should not be named a couple of times. And Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman Jr., and sometimes they say something back or they like it or not. Because I told, I said, I forgot this one quote that I had because it was a promo of Joey Janela singing Timber. And I tagged him and I said, at Joey Janela, thanks. I've had Timber stuck in my head for a fucking week now. And he, told, he wrote back <laughs> saying, you're welcome. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, I like you even more now. Um, you know, like, I mean, Jimmy Havoc, like, I put, I was watching some matches because I wasn't feeling good one day of him, and he, he actually wrote back, and he said, hey, hope you feel better. 
and like interact with them on Twitter. And I've done that with a few other wrestlers. I, even though they've done that, they don't owe me a damn thing. Now think about this. If this was back in the Attitude Era when you had The Rock, Stone Cold, oh, Undertaker, Kane, DX at their peak, and there was social media, and people were adding The Rock constantly. And people probably still do. But can you yeah, imagine, like, at that time, The Rock and The Undertaker getting hate? Because I'm just thinking, like, Undertaker, in his heyday, you're going to roll up to his fucking house, and you're going to try shit with him. Bruh, you're going to die. It's not that they, I think that because they have social media, they believe they have, um, they should have more access to them. They feel like, oh, well, I, t- I talk to them on social media all the time, and it, it's a gift and a curse. And I think that Sonya's situation is, a, is very much in, uh, a determinant of how social media should be handled when it comes to these superstars and their personal pages. I'm, I'm with Nicole. I think that they definitely need to um, hire social media managers and they need to hire better security. And I firmly believe if that woman didn't have that um, house alarm there, she would not be here. You know what I'm saying? He had his intentions planned out way before. He waited three or four hours. How do you wait three or four hours? That's some that's some psychotic murder serial killer bullshit. Like he was waiting. Like that, that could be me, hot as hell. Mm-mm. I mean, that's what, that's the, the crazy part about it. And I don't mean it in a way of being funny, but it, it really is very crazy and psychotic. And it's very, very scary. I know that this, this leads to simpler situations with wrestlers when they're interacting with people from planes and restaurants and in their hotels. But we're talking about it going from that point to it going to dangerous territory. Like we covered Bliss's situation and her situation is bordering on this. And it's very, yeah. very scary. And I don't, I, you, everybody That's wants like, to, wants, we, we all, we all sit and watch wrestling and people always say, oh, well, Tip, you say stuff about them on TV. And I'm like, I'm not speaking about Sasha Banks personally. Okay. I do talk about her hair because I feel like, and I understand that they're wrestling. I know that things happen when you wrestle. I'm well aware, but I feel like this is there are other women on the roster who have been able to get into the ring and do the same wrestling, if not even more, and maintain their, their shit, then you should be able to do the same. That's just how I feel about it. That's very lighthearted. I may say things about the wrestlers on my page and on my Instagram and YouTube or whatever, but I am not trying to attack them in any way, shape, or form personally. I understand that there's a difference between Sasha and Mercedes. I'm well aware of that. My problem with this is that it's dangerous. It's, I mean, you've got other scarier situations like what happened with John Lennon and his stalker. Now you think, what? you think like, well, you think about this. They they're talking about moving from the performance center to um, the Amway to the arena in Orlando. I can't pronounce Amway. Thank you, Amway Arena in Orlando. And to be honest, I'm a little freaked out because there's going, you know, WWE. They move like they move quick. 
Like, for all we know, that shit's set up, like, now. Like, there's a ring in the Amway Arena ready to be used. Um, I I don't have a problem with that, because I feel like uh, WWE will take bigger precautions when it comes to a place. I am just worried, because you saw the shit people said when it was WrestleMania, that they're going to try to break in, like, you know, you saw reports of people, like, scouting around and all this, and then, like, they're trying to find ways into the performance center. And I, I mean, because like you heard people like, oh, I'm going to break in and do this. A security was like peak. Like, it's just, it's fucking crazy. And it's like, you, again, these so called fans are what ruin it for us. We, like, we love wrestling. And that's not a cheap promotion for what we are a part of. But we love wrestling for, whether it's the theatrics or the the athletic the athletic ability or it's just people that we like or just the persona or whatever we we love it but and you know it it's like it, it's like the old saying it takes one asshole to ruin a good thing for everybody and wrestlers are not the only ones like only athletes to get this NBA stars have people trying to roll up on their house you have NFL stars NHL MLB major sports stars or I mean I think there was a story like a couple of years ago a dude from like a soccer club in England someone broke into his house fuck there was like a story a couple of years ago with Madonna some dude broke into her house and sat there waiting for her because that he said quote we belong together Ariana Grande had some dude who was sending her shit in the mail sent her like naked pics of him like all kinds of gross ass stuff and I'm like Y'all need to go somewhere. Like, we'll just drop you on the island of people who we just need to forget about that exist. Like, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just push you from the plane. We won't, we won't even waste gas like taking on and off. We'll just shove you out when we're a good mile away from it. See what happens with you and the sharks. I just, you've been pretty quiet. Like, when Alexis is finished, I mean, you, we want, I want to hear what you have to say too. Oh, um, I mean, I feel like everyone pretty much covered everything, but in my, and I feel like I've said, I said this off and on, and like I said, it's like, these people are not entitled, you're not entitled to these people's lives once they are done, quote unquote, working. Um, also, this goes into a lot of the toxic masculinity that's within the wrestling community specifically with um its fans and this is like how wwe stopped like you not being able to do certain stuff at meet and greets because of weird fucking fan weird dudes And it's just like all of this and it's just like it's a a problem that really needs to be addressed. And then um Sonya released a statement that she's okay and everything's fine and stuff like that. So I'm glad that like I'm glad she's fine, but I was like, God forbid her I was like, God forget God forbid like her alarm didn't go off or anything. But right. yeah, I think just to like wrap it up, I think it's just 
it's obviously it's shitty. And um, there's just a bigger conversation that needs to be held where people think that they have ownership of these people when it's not like they're not zoo animals. They're not circus performers, even though some people, some some wrestlers do carny shit, but they're not circus performers um, and they're not dancing fucking monkeys. Yes, they. This is something that they love and they do appreciate and love their fans. But at the end of the day, like this is a fucking job. Like, do you want people bothering you on your day off or when you're done? No, I agree. When it's my day off, I turn my phone off and I tell them, "Do not call me," especially if it's a very well-deserved day off. I mean, it's 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 just scary. I don't I don't like it and and I feel like um this this right here is something that um even though men go through it too, women are going through it a lot and it seems to be like they're able to find their way to the women and when women when women do it to men it's brushed off as if, oh well, you know, it's a man, you know. It's 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 all creepy. It's all creepy and weird and unnecessary and I just feel like y'all just gotta find them if you find yourself obsessing in that kind of way then you need to go get yourself some help like please because you're scaring people and then you're doing shit like this and I tell you right now some shit like that happened to me the only reason <laughs> what that's the reason why you keep a piece in your house <laughs> period and I'm, that is no lie. Like that's the reason why you need to go and get your your um your L so you can carry a weapon, keep your gun on safety at night when it's time for you to go to bed. Take that safety off, put that shit in your drawer, and go to sleep. When you hear some shit that don't sound right, get your piece. Now Sonya did right because she got her ass up out of there. But I took you with me. You've been dead fucking around with me. I just sent your ass home to glory. Mm-hmm. And that's fact. I just and you're not going to take me out of here now. I just want to say that, like, if you believe in God, the universe, whatever deity you pray to, just, Sonia, someone was looking out for you, sweetheart. Like, and I'm glad she's safe. And even if it wasn't Sonia, whoever was in her house, is safe um i hope this guy and of course why do you have to be in florida you get enough shit like come on <laughs> but I'm try- I-, I shouldn't be joking about this but you know um you guys are like i hope this makes them realize like this little this shit that wrestlers and i don't want to say celebrities but people who are in the spotlight in general um they are not playing with your asses anymore. Like, they're done. Um, what was it that? Oh, shit, I got told something. I don't. You 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 read about celebrities being shot by by fans. Uh, Tiff minute mentioned John Lennon, and it's just like all I keep thinking about is like I was watching this video about like so-called nice guys on the internet or some bullshit. I, I showed it to you guys where it's like the guy was going off about how Seth and Becky 
were like together and he hated it. And he's like, I hope you get testicular cancer and die because I love Becky Lynch and she should be with me. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. you you got to say that. Like, you know, I've seen like uh, people are like, I'm going to kill Seth Rollins. And I'm like, dude, I don't like Seth either, but I'm not going to fuck. What the? Why are you saying this on social media? This is going to come back and bite you in the ass because all I keep thinking about is what you guys told me about like the NBA players creating burner accounts on Twitter. Finding mm-hmm. people who are, I forgot who you guys told me, but like this guy was coming after this NBA players, like family mentioning his kids by name, like all this kind of stuff. So he made a burner account. He's like, Hey, congratulations. You won like courtside seats. to X and X's versus O's come here at this time to pick him up. And the dumbass fell for it. And it was the NBA player and his like little posse, and they beat the shit out of the dude. I don't blame him. Nope. You guys, you guys told me that. You guys told I remember me that. Nicole I, was telling us about that um, once before. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was funny because, and then I'm like, because I remember I go, what? How? How's he get away with it? They're like, what are they gonna believe? A burner account? Like, mm-hmm. no, come on. I was just like, oh shit. But I'm, I just, because I know, I just, I'm worried about, hey, Lacey, if you're listening to us, do you believe us now that the guy who said, hey, make sure you kiss your daughter goodnight for me? Are you sure? Do you understand why we're telling you he is creepy? Like, I mean, she low key encourages it because she's had him on lot had him like on one of her lives. So. Oh my God. God. Well, my respect for Lacey Evans just fell down. I, I mean, he's not yeah. not saying that to be funny. He's doing that because it's fucking creepy. Like, I, I know we we talked about this, but but like, and it's. Everyone knows here on the show, I am a mom. I will kill you if you come after my child. You can come after me all you want. You come after my kid, you just signed your own death, like your death certificate. I will destroy you. And if I saw someone saying that on social media, I'd be like, block, delete. Here's this dude's name. This is his picture. I don't want him. I would be like, no, no, no. Because Lacey brings her kid with her. Yeah, the show does. sometimes. I don't yeah. be with her. He'd be there too. And it's just like I I wouldn't want to be interacting with him because it's like you seen like influencers block people. I'm blocked by an influencer. I'm not even sure what I said or did, but I got blocked by her. <laughs> and um, you know, I don't know what I did, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it works, I guess. But, um, no, I, I just, I was just like, wouldn't you want your kid to be safe? And that's like the same thing with Velveteen. If I was a wrestler right now with my kid and I was in NXT, I would, I don't care if I had the locker room behind me or not. I'd walk right up to Triple H. I'd be like, he needs to go. He needs to go or I'm going to go. I I have to agree. It's just, that situation with Patrick is, is not good. And if you're not even going to just look at it from the standpoint of this is a guy who could be potentially grooming children to assault them, then just look at it from a business standpoint. 
it doesn't look good for WWE to be associated with a pedophile. And I say allegedly a pedophile because that's what we have to say to protect our assets. But if a kid is coming out and showing you text messages of this man's dick, I'm sorry, but I'm inclined to believe the kid. Let me, okay. let me let me just say this and then we can move on and then I'll shut my mouth because I don't want to sound like I'm rambling. All you asshole fans, and I'm calling every single one of you out. If you're not an asshole fan, this does not have anything to do with you. You sit up here and you champion them on social media. They, because it's not just this, it's, I'm, I'm coming after y'all on Twitter. Well, you will sit there and you will talk down after men and women have come out with their stories about being abused by wrestlers, being groomed by wrestlers, being mentally, sexually, and physically abused by wrestlers. But you will, you're worse than the people, you're just as bad as the people who showed up to Arn Anderson's house. You will sit there and put them on a fucking pedestal because they will do nothing wrong. And you will simp for them so hard. That when something like this comes out, because I saw all y'all's tweets. I may have not watched NXT, but I saw your tweets. You were so excited because Velveteen was back. And out of all that shit, I only saw five tweets. One of them was ours, where people were like, so are we just going to we just gonna ignore the fact that he's an alleged pedophile? Mm-hmm. That he allegedly groomed a kid? But y'all are so worried because your beloved Velveteen was back. Like, where, like, where were you fake-ass fans when he was gone? I didn't see one damn word from you mentioned about fucking Velveteen Dream. And now all of a sudden, he's back. And if it was, you were calling him a pedophile. You were calling him uh, some things I don't feel comfortable repeating, because that's why everyone goes to Twitter. But all of a sudden, it comes out, and he's back, and you're all excited for it. Same thing with Matt Riddle. You found, like, someone, this woman tried to say, I get it, she lied. But people were like, oh, no, fuck her, man. We're down with you, bro. King of the bros, bro. Like, you're you're just as bad as these people who show up to people's houses. You are just as toxic as they are. You you just want to put on rose-colored shades for certain wrestlers and act like they're, they're perfect, that they have, they've done nothing wrong. Well, meanwhile, you know, they're doing this in the back. So all I'm just saying to you fans, whether you're sipping for them hard online, you showing up to the houses, you think you have some sort of entitlement to these people. Pull your head out of your ass and get into the real world. Because honestly, I want to see Roman Reigns kill one of y'all if you show up at his house with his family. You want to piss off an angry Samoan? Because I'm going to sit there with fucking popcorn and watch it happen. And on that note, we're gonna end it. I just, I'm just real. I just get really upset when, when wrestlers get fucked with. Well, I understand. It's not okay, and it's it's an ugly situation. But the the good thing about it is, Sonya knew what to do. She got out of there. She got her um, partner out of there, Um, and they were able to go somewhere safe, and they apprehended the dude. So all in all, things worked out, but this kind of shit 
it, I'm telling y'all, if you're going to use your phone online, because the world is going on into online everything. Everything is online. It's connected to Wi-Fi. So your house, they got smart house shit now. They got all types of things rolling through in this world. And eventually, everything's going to go digital. So we have to learn how to protect ourselves. And if you're going to do that, then I highly recommend that first you you start making sure you check your bank statements, like you mentioned earlier, Nicole and I have had situations where our shit got taken from us. Make sure you have a good bank that have a fraud department. Invest in a good VPN so you can protect yourself when you're browsing online, when you're on Instagram, when you're on Twitter, Facebook, whether you're, it's your video game, your computer, whatever device you're using that's on the web, protect yourself with a good VPN. So everybody across the board can be protected. And Amen that's all that. you can do. That's all mm -hmm. you can do. And buy a gun. And the Lord said, peace be still. And my peace be still. Get a gun. Get a gun. Get a good Smith right. and Weston. A real good Smith and Weston. Engrave it. Put your name on it. That way you'd be like, okay, <laughs> you've been bad. Buy a Tiffany on some real shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that's how we're going to end that. So, thank you, Janae, for being a part of the show. We greatly appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for inviting me. I had fun. If you guys want to invite me back for, like, a rumor corner, uh, just call my agent, and my agent will call you guys oh, back. Oh, hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> we, could, we could set something up, you know? Her agent. Mm -hmm. Girl, back. I'll send you my booking fee in the mail. Um, just give me oh some Honey, boom. Anyway, <laughs> I'll say today go good is a swift message. Hey, we need some rumor mills. You can bring your ass on. <laughs> Again, she does more work than than probably some of us on the show should. I tried. Like, we got lives. We got shit. <laughs> we got yeah. shit. I was like, oh, I don't take notes. I'm not going to remember any of this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so. On that note, we bid you guys adieu. So have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Hey. Don't be assholes to wrestlers. <laughs>